0: G'day, I'm Dr. Carl. I'm an author and a science communicator. And every week I help listeners understand the mysteries of the world through science on the Australian Broadcasting Corporation. So let me introduce you to, no denying it, United Nations Climate Action Podcast. Now when it comes to climate action, there are a few expressions for what you're feeling. If you feel a sense of loss when you hear about Arctic ice melting, or deep sadness when you learn that acres of forest have burned and displaced humans and animals alike, well, the emotions you're feeling are called climate grief. Let me introduce you to another expression. If you feel constant guilt that you're not doing enough to protect people most at risk of climate change, and if you feel paralysed, about how fossil fuels are woven into our lives and how the industry has worked to keep it that way even after they knew that climate change was their doing, well, there's a different word or expression for that too and it's eco-anxiety. If you're feeling these things, climate grief or eco-anxiety, you are not alone. We, the human race, are facing an unprecedented threat to our planet. But we need to find ways to manage these feelings so we can get through the day and get through this crisis.
1: My name is Yvonne Kresma. I am the founder of The Climate Journal Project, a community in a space that is the intersection between wellness and environmental advocacy so that we can be better environmental advocates
0: Yvonne was born in Saudi Arabia. Her parents are from the Philippines. But when she was a little kid, just seven years old, her family moved to Southern California, where she first encountered wildfire season. In Australia, we say bushfire, not wildfire, but it's the same terrible thing.
1: When I was younger, it felt like it was a bit more distant. It used to be that, you know, it was a few hours of a drive away, but now it's literally in our backyard.
0: During the particularly devastating wildfire season of 2020, Yvonne was in New York, studying for a master's degree in food studies, focusing specifically on food waste. But her sister was still back in California, sending updates about what she was seeing.
1: She would wake up every day to dusty skies because she was so close to the fires. And our biggest concern was the air that she was breathing.
0: That year, wildfires in California burnt through more than 4 million acres, about 16,000 square kilometres, more than had burned in the three years before put together.
1: I'm still surprised with the extent and how drastic it the fires are year after year, and I don't think that I'll ever wake up one day feeling like it's normal. I'll always be surprised at how long and how many people are affected by the fires year after year.
0: In Australia, in 2020, more than one-fifth of all of our forests burned, and that includes wet rainforests, which have never been on fire in all of our recorded history, and also On the 4th of January, Sydney recorded the hottest temperature on planet Earth for that day, just under 50 degrees C. And this year, 2021, we learned that parts of the Amazon are now emitting more carbon than they absorb, as forest is burned to quickly and cheaply make way for agriculture. Now by cheaply, I mean short-term cheaply, not long-term, of course. Yvonne says, that if you want to fight for the planet, you have to fight for yourself too. So she began to look for ways to channel this grief and anxiety. Here's more of Yvonne Kresmer's conversation with our producer, Rachel Ward.
1: Can you talk a little bit about what climate grief means to you? Yeah, and I'll preface this by saying that climate grief is different for everybody. But for me, I feel the loss of a lot of the animals that go instinct. I feel the loss of community and clean spaces, clean and safe spaces for people to be able to live on. And I feel the loss of faith in solutions. That is kind of where my grief comes from. I think that We are unfortunately living in a world where, yes, there are so many solutions, but then there's also so much criticism towards that. And that's been a new type of grief for me. But now I'm starting to face that grief. And anxiety comes from not being able to kind of understand what to do in the present, because we're so worried about what's next. You know, what can we do? Will technology be good enough? Will what I do now be good enough? And so that anxiety starts to snowball not being able to understand what to do in the present.
2: I wonder if you could talk a little bit about how, like what sort of stresses or anxieties might have inspired the the Climate Journal project.
1: When the pandemic happened, you know, my friends and even family members that were in environmental roles, environmental managers, they were getting fired because their divisions and their initiatives, the budget was getting pulled from their department first. And so I was forced out of my apartment in New York City And went back to my parents' house and I found myself looking for jobs in finance, (laughs) you know? And I was like, wait, but I went to New York to pursue social and environmental impact. Why am I giving up on it so early? And when I found myself kind of there at rock bottom and not knowing what my next step was, I really had to do a lot of self-reflection. Like, why am I here? And why am I so sad? And so I was living in my childhood bedroom and I had empty journals around my room and I opened one up and I was like, I need to fill out the rest of this. So I started to journal about the environmental impact that I wanted to make. And I shared with colleagues from grad school that I was journaling every day. It was kind of, it was helping me get up from my anxiety. And they asked if I could send it to them, the prompts that I was journaling to via email there were five of us, then there were 14 of us. And then in two weeks, there were 200 of us. And then the the 200 people were not only from my circle, they were in Malawi, Africa, they were in Brazil, they were in Thailand. And I just was so amazed at the response that I had. And what I realized through the journaling and writing into these half written (laughs) diaries and journal books was that climate action is so much simpler than we think. Sure, we want it to be super grand, but it's all about gratitude. And if we have an appreciation for each other and the environment and the world around us, climate action will follow. What are some of the prompts that you use in the journals? So, uh, my favorite one that gets people to think is Have you ever caught yourself waiting for an eco superhero? Meaning, have you ever caught yourself waiting for somebody else to solve the very problem that you might be able to solve yourself? And an eco-superhero, right, it means different for everyone, but I think we're all waiting for this special product and this special person to save the world when really, can we be that superhero? So that's one that gets people to think. Another one um, that we've been doing recently um, in partnership with Black Girl Environmentalists, we did one that talked about privileges. You know, what are some things, uh, have you ever had to worry about clean drinking water clean air, or access to education. If not, consider these things as privileges. And so we kind of try to remind people, you know, let's challenge you to think about it in a different way. How did you go from
2: this personal journaling task to putting some structure on it? And then
1: from there, it actually becoming a product? To be honest, I was just listening to people's requests. It was Actually, our colleagues from an environmental group in Malawi, Africa mentioned to me, they're like, hey, we really appreciate, you know, the daily journal prompts, but I don't have access to Wi-Fi every day. Do you have a digital journal or like a seven-day journal that I can have for myself that I could follow and then pass on to my students? You know, people started asking. Some folks asked for a physical journal because they wanted to detach from their devices when they were journaling. and so. In January of 2021, we launched our Kickstarter to be able to produce the very first climate journal book. And I'm very happy to say we sent them out last week and people have been receiving them and posting about them. And we've also decided to host journal circles. So for folks that just don't know how to start with journaling, um, it's a very low commitment event. We have a prompt that we share at the very beginning of the event And then we have live music that everybody can journal to. And so it's just a nice way to ease into kind of a journal practice, just like guided meditation, I guess, you know, it's it's a nice way to uh, introduce people to guided journaling. You have a partner who
2: helps you with sort of the psychological elements of this with the mental health element of it. Can you talk
1: about that relationship and like how you guys lean on them? Absolutely. So, Dr. Chris Kavorkin is a grief counselor, and she is the president of the North America chapter of the Climate Psychology Alliance. And they're basically a group of therapists that have joined together to kind of make space and address climate anxiety specifically because they started to see. That there has been an increase in climate anxiety in young people in not knowing what to do and feeling overwhelmed and feeling burned out. And so, I would actually send journal prompts to Dr. Chris Kevorkian just for her review, just so that our language is sensitive to a lot because some of these things can be triggers. And I think that internal healing is a really big part of external healing and planetary healing because. What we need to remember in the environmental movement is that we will run out of energy, but we have to preserve that energy, just like we need to preserve the planet. As much as you want to fight for the planet, you also have to fight for yourself because you're part of it. If you feel disconnected from your purpose, then you're going to continue to be pushed away from wanting to fight for environmental issues because you're not as connected, So that's why we always recommend, you know, when you're stressed, go outside for a walk, um, reconnect with the environment, walk to a new park and just kind of be still because that will give you and re-energize you back into advocacy.
2: It's really interesting that what this project does is not tackle head on one issue of plastics or one issue of the oceans. If it works, what happens is someone winds up getting empowered around the issue that they care about. So your scale comes from activating all of these different people. Yeah, thank you. Are there other projects that you guys are proud of that have come
1: out of this work that other folks have taken a run with? We've had a few people tell us that after journaling, they've applied to some environmentally focused jobs. (laughs) So I didn't see that coming. You know, I I think it is kind of a big life decision to make that pivot in your career and want to focus, you know, your eight hours a day to something like that. And also communities. A lot of people have become friends um, through our climate journal circles. We have a lot of not only college students, but also folks that are interested in entrepreneurship or they're already like moms or parents and they're interested in zero waste toys. And so that's kind of been an amazing thing. The community, I think, has been the biggest thing that I've been proud of.
2: Mm -hmm. That kind of brings me to my next question, which is what advice you would have for people who are looking for a place to start with kind of coping with that anxiety or to begin their journey of acting on climate change?
1: Mm. I think it's important to understand that environmental advocacy is a process because as soon as you become passionate about ocean conservation, you know, Netflix will recommend another documentary, <laughs> not only about ocean conservation, but about food wastes. It's just how the algorithms work. And same with social media and Instagram, you know, all of these issues are going to be issues. And I think it's important to understand that, Everything that we're going through in climate action is a process. Unfortunately, it is a problem that demands urgency and action now and fast. But as humans, we're only able to operate maybe 24 hours a day. And so I think pulling back is very important. And like going back to your roots as to like why you're doing what you're doing is super important. I guess pace yourself because I think that If we continue to go at the pace that we're going and become overwhelmed, we're gonna get burned out and we're actually not gonna be as productive as we had hoped to be.
0: Like Yvonne said, we get only 24 hours each day. So let us use a few of those moments to reflect on this climate journal prompt that she shared with us, and I quote, it's common to feel overwhelmed and experience climate change paralysis yet our communities continue to mobilize and work together. How does this inspire you, unquote? How is human creativity partnering with our planet's natural strengths to heal what we have injured? Where do you see people working together to magnify the effects that we can have as individuals? Why not take a moment to genuinely reflect on that? Now, go find your people. There are organisations that mobilise people to protest for government reform. Organisations that show us the previously hidden web of money the fossil fuel industry uses to inoculate itself from change. Your industry may have a group that is organising to refuse to take on fossil fuel firms as clients. Open source projects offer plans and blueprints to use or to give your expertise to you can run for office or join the campaign of a climate-focused candidate and find out how development and infrastructure in your community could be reoriented to cut carbon emissions. In answer to the question what can I do Emily Atkin, the publisher of the climate newsletter Heated, writes anything! And she goes on to say that and I quote If you have ever thought of becoming more involved in the fight for climate justice, it's time to stop thinking and to start doing, unquote. Your grief is real. So is your power. There is no denying it.
2: No denying it, the U.N. Climate Action Podcast is produced by U.N. News and Good to Do Today. Our producer at U.N. News is Connor Lennon, and Natalie Hutchison is our promo and distribution manager. Our producers at Good to Do Today are Emma Jacobs, Jay Venables, and Rachel Ward. Our managing producer at U.N. News is Matthew Wells, and our executive producer is Mita Hosali. Keith Rund and Brayden Alexander are our audio engineers, and our theme song is by Memory Palace, courtesy of Marmoset. This episode features music from Artlist. Many, many thanks to Julia Barton, Michaela Dagostino, Wendy Zuckerman, Fang Chen, Martina Donlin, Pratishla Jane, Robert Nishovsky, Regina Merkova, June Park, Ezra Sergi, Sam Tracy, Matilda Folino, Freesound.org, and the UN Environment Program. Find more stories about climate action from UN News at news.un.org.